What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cold Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Andreas from Cabal. Cabal's new album, Drag Me Down, is out on Long Branch Records. Check it out. The Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in Andreas from Cabal. How are you doing today? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Uh, as I said before we started, I hope I'm you know glad to hear that everybody with you and the band are healthy and well as can be in this time of the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, we're just lucky. It's like the worst anyone of us has is right now, which is really good. So. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, we'll make the best of it. Uh, I have seen a lot of bands uh, do a lot of live streams and just even chats with fans. Are you guys doing the same thing? Are you trying to stay in touch with the fans? I know it's hard. You have a record basically coming out in another week. <laughs> yeah. Right now, we've just been focusing on like getting a record out and doing everything. Like Obviously, there's a lot of like work behind the scenes like uh, working towards that, so that's been our main focus. But like depending on how long this lockdown lasts, we might do something like, I don't know, like a Q&A or something, maybe like a live stream or something like that at some point. Awesome. And of course, the new record is Drag Me Down coming April 3rd on Long Branch Records. Uh, really excellent record. It's super heavy. Um, there's a lot of guest appearances. There's a lot of stuff that I want to unpack and talk to you about. So let's just start with the, the record in general. You guys uh, ha- just put out a record like a year and a half ago. So it's pretty awesome that you guys came right back with this brand new record, do you guys uh, were you sort of planning it that way? Yeah, I think the idea, like our general game plan, is to try to see if we can release a record every second year, just like to stay relevant and like because we like writing music, so kind of makes sense for us to be like doing it continuously and not like we haven't planned any breaks at least. Nice, yeah. It's I I, I imagine you have to be kind of uh, prolific and write often or you know dedicate writing sessions when you want to keep a schedule like that yeah yeah of course you have it's like but luckily we're like so blessed that we have our our main songwriter chris who's like our guitarist as well he uh, he like he'll write he writes all the music all the instrumentals and he's like he's a a producer as well so he has his own studio so he records everything there and he's like He'll constantly be writing and sending us stuff, and we'll give him feedback. And like, there's always like this running process of songs being made that way. Like, no matter what what we're doing, there's always that going on. Like, at different intensities, depending on how much time we have. Like, like uh, simultaneously with us doing like tours and everything else. Nice. Um... So many good songs on the record. I'm not, I'm going to attempt to not mispronounce and butcher the titles, but uh, I obviously I love the title track and I love Gift Givers and Tongues um, and Death March and so many good ones all the way through. Uh, it's a very consistent record. Um, you know, you don't often get uh, such consistency from you know a relatively young band. Um, you guys work very hard. You mentioned about Chris in the studio, but in terms of the writing, do you guys sort of uh, you know? are very conscious of writing like a very diverse and strong bunch of songs, you know, not everybody can do that. Thanks a bunch, man. I really appreciate that. But we're really like conscious about like trying to write diverse songs. That's like with the first, like every time I get asked about that, I always talk about like Mark of Rudd, which we're super proud of, but it was like, it's a bit much of the same thing going on for almost 40 minutes. 
So we were like really conscious moving into this record that we had to like diversify the songs more. We just had more experimentation and variation, try new stuff to make it like a bit more of a like entertaining listener experience, but not to be like become stale at some point during like the listening time. I really love the tracks. Of course, you have these three amazing tracks with collaborators. Uh, and so I wanted to ask how those collaborations came about and if you wrote those songs specifically with those vocalists in mind, because they're all pretty awesome and uh, pretty amazing that you got these this much you know talent to come in and join you. Yeah, we're really glad. It's also mind-blowing having these dudes from like really, really renowned bands just like jumping on these songs and actually being fans of our music. It's, it's kind of wild. Um, Matt uh, was like... I think it was the first feature we got on. It was just like, uh, we saw him like posting about Mark of Rod like when we put it out a few years ago. And uh, so we kind of like knew he listened to it. And then we played this festival in Denmark called Copenhagen, where Trivium were playing as well. We got to hang out with him. He's like the nicest dude. And he was super, super fucking humble. And yeah, we just yeah, hung out with him for a day and like asked him if he wanted to be on the song. And he did. So, um yeah and jamie we actually saw him he once like we posted some merchandise and he wrote us on instagram if we could buy a shirt and i was like i felt like i'd seen the name before i went into his profile i was like oh it's actually that jamie so we ended up just, like talking so we told him we were like big fans of his music and ended up asking him if he wanted to jump on a song and then polaris played copenhagen which is our hometown uh which i think this was uh, North Lane and Jamie went to the studio with us and did the song that day. Um, and Kim from Mill is just like a really good friend of ours, actually. They're also like a Danish band, and we've been like actually been playing a lot of shows with those guys. Yeah, Kim actually made the artwork for Mark of Rudd. Um, so and he's a, like a really great vocalist, so it just makes sense to give him a spot on the record. Nice, Mal is one of the like. Uh, similar to you guys, one of the like up and coming bands in the world right now. Uh, so awesome. Yeah, and they're also Danish, which is nice. The country bin. Um, you know what else is interesting is usually when you get a song on a record with a guest that's very prominent, like Kim or Jamie or Matt. Those are usually the 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 songs people gravitate to. But like I said, the whole record is good, and I was really pleased that it wasn't just oh we have this one awesome song and we put an awesome vocalist on it. All the songs are, you know, uh, stand on equal footing really glad and that's also like what we really tried to do like really want to make like an all killer no filler album right on uh i love your vocals on this and um i wanted to ask some questions about uh your approach to vocals um yeah. uh, definitely uh, the, the first record is also very strong but this is definitely you know there's definitely some growth here and I, I wanted to ask about your influences or if anybody in particular in you know uh acquired new influences on the way to this second record because um, this stuff is very good. Yeah, uh, thanks a bunch, man. I really appreciate that. I don't know if I, if I got like any more new influences. I actually think I just more like I'm more confident in my role as vocalist now. I've been doing it for years, but so like I feel like it's something that's constantly evolving. When we just when we started Cabal, I had kind of like been out of doing this kind of music. I was doing like more, I don't know, like I was playing bass and playing like punk music. So coming back into it, I was kind of like rusty and like, like for the period of the band of getting more and more back into it and like 
went past where it used to be before, like joining the band. And so I feel it's just like getting more confident in my craft, basically, because I'm spending more and more time on it. Nice. Uh, I, you know, it's, I just find it interesting. Uh, we live in a, a weird time. I'm sure the band doesn't care or think about this, but obviously, you know, a lot of people get very hung up on genres and, uh, yeah. for Cabal, I have, I, I don't ever really just kind of box you guys into one thing. I think there's a little bit of everything, but if you had to put a genre tag on the band, what would you say it would be? It would probably be deathcore, even though like that kind of tag has some like ne- negative conversations like attached to it. But it's basically, it's like, there's a lot of death metal influence and a lot of core influence mixed together. So that basically gives death core and like, in my head, but that, that like, I feel like that tag can also be a very like broad term. Because we're also like super inspired by black metal and like Meshuggah, like as a band, like the whole like rhythm, rhythmic approach to like writing riffs and stuff. Yeah, I hear all of that. And I was going to say, you know, like to me personally, I love some deathcore and, you know, I know exactly what you mean by the negative connotation. But I also think deathcore is a, a genre that has, you know, despised icon and the Acacia strain. So I don't, you know, those yeah, bands yeah. are amazing. And so I think that's kind of where you guys that fall. is like a fucking great example of like how to like evolve the genre. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh yeah, I, I think I think it's tough. I think you know the internet is, is sometimes not the best friend to music or bands, and they don't you know like I as soon as someone sees a genre label, they don't know what to do with it. Like they start making assumptions, and I think you have to really listen to a band like Cabal. I think you have to understand what you guys are trying to put across musically. I do hear a lot of death metal. I do hear those rhythmic influences. I hear that stuff. I think everyone will if they give you guys a chance. I hope so. <laughs> Right on. So, you know, tip, obviously we're dealing with this crisis and uh, there's not a lot of touring going on. I know you guys had a festival coming up that I'm sure is canceled by now. Um, it's everything we had in the spring is canceled. So Yeah, sadly. But, uh, you know, hopefully yeah. uh, you guys will rebound and maybe we'll still get some summer festivals or some fall shows for the band. Right. Um, like I said, I know I see a lot of bands kind of moving over to do some streams, but they're also not, I've interviewed a few bands who were like, yeah, it's not for us. I don't want to play to an empty room or I don't want to play a concert in my bedroom. So I guess it just kind of depends on the, you know, the band and what they're able to do, you know? Yeah, it really does. I, I totally get why some bands would think like, also it kind of like depends on what kind of music you're playing. Some music is just like, just doesn't really work without a crowd, like in my opinion. No, of course, yeah. Like you know, I, did you see the Code Orange stream? Um, they were amazing. Well, pretty cool though. Even though, like, they're like in my head, they're like supposed to play in front of like a, a crowd just going wild. But I think they actually like did a really good job. Yeah, I think they were so pumped up to just play because um, their tour had also gotten canceled and they did, you know, it was in their hometown, obviously, because you can't travel right now, but they did a fantastic job. I think that's going to be, if anyone's going to try to do that in the future, that's the, you know, they set the bar. Yeah, really. And uh, and I'd love to see you guys play with Code Orange here in the States. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, you guys would be a really... I, I'll see who I can talk to. I don't know. I'm not very, conne- I'm, I'm pretty, I'm okay connected, but I'm not that connected. <laughs> um, but I'll see, I'll put the word out. Um, you never know. So I love that you mentioned that you used to play punk and uh, bass in a punk band. Uh, what are, was punk like a big influence for you growing up? And what were some of the, you know, bands that really inspired you to start making music? Oh yeah. Like grow, where I 
was from is like a, like a small city in Denmark. I think there's like 50,000 people living there. So it's like pretty small. It's like a harbor town. It was like, for some reason, there was like, it was a really good punk and hardcore scene in that city while I was growing up. So like basically all I did was going like to shows with my friends. And there was like a, like, a lot of punk shows. So that kind of like, like obviously Cabal is like very far from punk, but if you like to catch a live show with us, that kind of energy which I try to bring is more from that scene than like what you'll find in a lot of metal bands. Uh, and now I totally forget the rest of the question. <laughs> no, just kind of like what were some of those bands? Who were some of those bands you like or love? There was a lot. There was actually one band I have to mention. It's, it's a funny story. It's actually like one of the guys who makes some our music videos. Uh, there's this company called Mindspark that I'm actually a part of. Like three people who make all of our visual like videos for Cabal. And one of the guys, he used to front a band who was actually like called Razor Nick. It's like the first band I saw, like one of my first shows. And I was like super, like, like Cabal doesn't sound anything like that, but just, just like seeing that energy and like experience that firsthand was like really influential on me. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm glad you mentioned the videos. Actually, I really love the Drag Me Down video. I've been watching it a lot. And, uh, uh, it's awesome. I'm, I'll probably make sure to link it here in the uh, when I post this podcast. Um, and then just kind of, I always like to end or get to the end with a um, a fun question, which is, uh, what is the worst regular job you had beside you know before you got into music and before you got to be in a band? What is like the worst day job you ever had? I think it might have been working at a gas station. That shit was fucking boring. I feel like I got stupider every day. I was just like just standing there. It's also like it was at a gas station in a part of my hometown where there wasn't really like a lot going on. So sometimes there wouldn't be wouldn't even be customers during a day. You'd just like stand there for five hours not doing anything. Brutal. <laughs> it was easy, but it was also like I was paid like really really shitty. So mm, of course. Yeah, kind of like I feel like a payment matched the effort, so it was kind of a waste of time. Gotcha, gotcha. I love to ask those questions. You get a different one from everybody. And um, some what's true... the worst job somebody had had? Uh, horse farm. Horse farm. Oh, okay. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, horses are one. The horses are wonderful, but maybe not picking up all the the stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> all the shit. Um, Andreas, man, congratulations on this new record for Cabal. Uh, Cannot wait for this to come out. I, I hope everybody stays safe and healthy where you are. Thanks for sharing some time with the Ghost Cult podcast. And uh, course, I, I hope we get you. Yeah, of course. I hope we get you here to the States as uh, soon as possible. Yeah, we would love to come back. Hope we, we'll try to see if we can come back like later this year. But I don't know with this whole COVID thing going on. So we'll see. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.